Greetings, it's the Business of Agriculture, and I'm your host, Damian Mason. I so appreciate you joining me here. Each week, we get together and discuss issues impacting and involved with the industry of food, fuel, fiber, and farming. That's right, it's the Business of Agriculture. We keep it real, we have a good time, and we cover things you are interested in. Today's topic is business, agriculture, and beer commercials. That's right, business, agriculture, and beer commercials. You've already seen the outrage, the uproar on social media over the Bud Light commercial where they sort of, in an advertising way, were derogatory toward corn syrup. And you're saying, I'm pissed off. I saw that commercial and I am so angry. I went on Twitter and I voiced my concern. CNN has a story that the National Corn Growers Association, in fact, is going to try and sit down with the people over at Anheuser-Busch InBev. I'm going to tell you why this actually made sense for Anheuser-Busch, why it was part of an, a very cohesive advertising strategy during their Super Bowl commercials, and while I don't appreciate this either because I'm, after all, an agriculture guy and a pro-corn guy, I can tell you why this actually was probably sensible and it caught on to a popular movement and why their entire strategy will actually probably help them in the long term sell more beer. Okay, so... We're talking about business, agriculture, and beer commercials. If you didn't see the Super Bowl, you've probably heard about it by now. Quick synopsis, it's real simple. The Bud Light king and queen and knights are sitting there at the castle when a barrel of corn syrup shows up. The woman says to the king, my king, we have the barrel of corn syrup, to which he proclaims, we don't use corn syrup to brew Bud Light. Now, I have been drinking beer since I was a kid. Since I was, before I was 21, mind you. And I never knew that corn syrup was in beer. Let alone, I did not know that's in Miller Lite and in Coors Light, probably in other beers as well. Not in any great quantities, the way we'd find it in soda pop, but it's probably used because it's a simple sugar to create the fermentation process. I get it. There's all kinds of things that are probably in beer, you know, yeast and barley and malt and all those kinds of things that the average beer drinker probably doesn't think all that much about. But for the first time ever, the consumer, the viewer, was forced to think about, oh my goodness, Corn syrup is in Miller Lite and in Coors Light. We found that out as a commercial ensued because they dragged the barrel over to the Miller Lite castle who rejected it saying we've already gotten our, our barrel and to proclaim and to point out again that yes, there is corn syrup in Miller Lite. Then they go to the Coors Light castle and it's the same story. Now, you're saying, Damien, I'm a corn farmer. This makes me mad. I went and dumped my Bud Light down the drain. Yeah, I know. I saw the thing on social media where folks went and dumped their Bud Light down their drain. Two questions. First off, why do you drink Bud Light to begin with? It's not even good. Secondly, secondly, dumping your Bud Light was a neat display. Is it really going to impact them? Maybe, maybe not. It's the same thing when people were burning their Nike shoes or whatever it is. I get online movements that are about emotional protest or making a statement. Here's the big point, though. If Bud Light made every corn farmer in America not drink Bud Light again, would it really matter? Maybe not that much because, as you hear me say all the time, we're a pretty small fraternity out here, we in ag. There's about 300,000 corn farmers in the United States. Let's say half of them drink. Then how many of them drink Bud Light? So you got 150,000 beer drinkers out of a 300 uh, of the whole farming community that are in corn. You know, you're talking about a pretty small number. But that's really not the number you should concern yourself with. The numbers you need to concern yourself with is where does corn syrup ultimately go? And again, I'm going to remind you why this all actually worked as a cohesive strategy in the big picture between Bud Light, Budweiser, and Mick Ultra Pure Gold. But back to the Bud Light thing. I believe that corn syrup is actually going to be on the way out. 
It was about five, five years ago when I first pointed out to one of my agricultural audiences of the corn syrup now being compared to an evil toxin. In fact, I believe that corn syrup and sugar, corn syrup more so than sugar, is the new tobacco. You know, when we were young, tobacco was tobacco. And when I was a kid, everybody knew it was bad for you, but you never thought it was going to get sued. You see, in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, your government put tobacco in the rations of soldiers. We gave soldiers, through tax funding, tobacco. Fast forward to 1995, a class action lawsuit formulated, started in Mississippi, then spread to all the other states, became really a money grab. We called it a product liability issue, and they took $206 billion from the four big tobacco companies, saying that it was going to help make America more healthy. Now, you look around today, some 24 years later, and you tell me if America is more healthy. Oh, there's a couple less smokers. Actually, the numbers haven't gone down all that much. We're floating around 25 or 28% of the population that smoked back then. We're still like in excess of the low 20 per, We've lost about 4 or 5% of our uh, population uh, that no longer smokes. I didn't mean lost. I mean we've, we've reduced it by that much. But it was really a money grab. If it was so bad for us to have tobacco, why isn't it outlawed completely? Well, I see the same thing happening with high fructose corn syrup. The numbers will go down a great deal. There might be lawsuits against it. Seattle, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Chicago, New York have all done legislation in the last five years about soda pop consumption or advertising or availability in public spaces. What I'm saying is you can't even get soda pop in some of these places. And if you do, you pay a tax, an extremely, extreme prohibitive tax in places like Seattle to get your hands on an ice cold Coca-Cola, which as you know, I love very much. I love Coca-Cola. It's a great product. I know it has high fructose corn syrup in it, but it doesn't bother me. I didn't know the high fructose corn syrup was in Miller Lite or Coors Light. The consumer right now knows that because Bud Light did a fantastic job of pitting themselves against those other two using a common enemy. You see, that was what was the brilliant part of it. You can tell me all day that you're a corn farmer and you can say that I'm mad about this and I don't disagree. I'm from Indiana, remember? I'm a farm owner, a farm boy. I like corn just fine. I make money off of cash rent, off of people that grow corn. However, if you're a marketer and you want to sell beer, why not latch on to a common enemy? This is like saying Miller Lite and Coors Light, <laughs> they're over there with the Russians. You see how effective that is? And can you disprove it? No, you can't. We do use corn syrup here at Coors Light and Miller Lite. That's the thinking behind the marketing. Let me give you some other stats on why corn syrup ultimately is going to go away or at least be reduced in production and consumption because of not only lawsuit threats, but because there is a tremendous lobby against corn syrup. You know, the Corn Refiners Association in 2012 were rebuffed in their attempt to call corn syrup corn sugar. The Food and Drug Administration said no. That's been seven years ago because already the corn industry knew that high fructose corn syrup or corn syrup in, had a bad name, had a bad connotation. Documentaries like Fast Food Nation, King Corn, and the one that was done in 2014 with uh, Katie Couric, Michael Pollan, and even a, uh, an appearance by Bill Clinton. I can't remember the name of it right off, but it's very anti-sugar. So if you happen to be a listener to this podcast, remind me or send me a text and say, Damien, gosh darn it, this was the name of that documentary. But I'm telling you that sugar has been in the bullseye, in the sights of the food lobbyists and food cause groups for a while. In 2010, 
Florida State Representative Juan Zapata, a Republican, called for uh, a ban, a complete and absolute ban of high fructose corn syrup to be involved in any of the school lunches or school ingredients for school lunches. He went on the Today Show, this is nine years ago, folks, and called corn syrup the crack of sweeteners. So I'm giving you this 2012 FDA ruling that you can't call it corn sugar. I'm giving you the documentaries like Fast Food Nation, King Corn, and the one that I can't remember the name of that demonize corn syrup, that say that we are fat as a country because of corn syrup. There's no denying the first part, we are fat as a country. In 1980, 12% of Americans were obese. Today, it's around 37%. We have three times the obesity rate in just less than 40 years. Another one, diabetes. You've heard about type 2 diabetes. That's the kind you're not born with, the kind you develop as a grown-up, or worse yet, as a child. In 1958, so 60 years ago, in 1958, 1% of Americans were diabetic. Today, it's about 95 to 10%. Did you hear that? We have 10 times the rate of diabetes. Now, I'm not blaming this on corn syrup. I'm telling you what the numbers are and what much of the sentiment is. So if you are a food warrior, you want a cause, you want there to be change, you are convinced that big agriculture is poisoning you and your family, and you go to Whole Foods or you sign petitions or you go onto the TV and you watch Dr. Oz and you go to yoga with your yoga partner in the suburbs of America, and you're convinced that there's some problem that you need to take on and food might become it, does corn syrup have a chance? I think not. Now, I'm going to say it certainly has a lot of application. We're certainly going to be able to use it. But if we out here in the business of agriculture believe that corn syrup is going to increase in consumption, we're fooling ourselves. That's why I gave you those numbers. Here in the United States, we grow about 90 million acres of corn, 15 billion bushels. Some of it goes to ethanol. I've argued that some of that's going to go away also because right now we have a global glut of oil. We've got plenty of ability to and capacity to produce oil. And more importantly, do you think the folks over at Exxon or Royal Dutch, BP, Chevron are going to let the folks of Nebraska and Iowa shove them aside? I don't think so. So I think ethanol has limited upside. And I believe that, frankly, corn syrup is going to continue to be demonized. And this commercial by Bud Light's not the demonization. They mostly just captured and utilize the common enemy that corn syrup is to heighten awareness of their product and to differentiate it from its competition. Now, back to the point I made that I was going to show you how this is all actually part of a pretty well uh, orchestrated advertising campaign for their Super Bowl strategy. Their Super Bowl strategy put Bud Light out there with the corn syrup thing, using a common villain, corn syrup, which already ties into then the obesity, the diabetes, and all these other issues. And then you've got Budweiser. Budweiser, the king of beers. Here comes the Bud, here comes the big number one. You see, if you're older like me, you remember those commercials, right? And actually, I like Budweiser advertising. Who doesn't still get a little bit sentimental when the Christmas-themed Budweiser commercial comes on? With the little voice going, do, 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 do. And they show the horses pulling in on a sleigh to a beautiful farmhouse that's decked out with Christmas decorations. Oh, it's wholesome. Well, Budweiser's been doing this for a long time, and they're good at it. Now, they don't somehow get the wrath of the PETA and the HSUS wackos because they still use the Clydesdales, and they also use Dalmatians. So remember this spot? It was the wind energy spot. It started off with 
imagery of uh, the Clydesdales pulling the Budweiser beer wagon through a wheat field down a dirt path. It was neat as heck. Bob Dylan's song, Blowing in the Wind, is playing. The answer, my friend. And there's a Dalmatian with his ears flapping in the wind and his mouth moving as the wind. And then it, toward the end of the commercial, promotes the wondrousness of wind, about winds of change and blowing in the wind. And the next thing you know, as the camera pulls out, we see windmills. And then the commercial tells us that the uh, that they are using renewable energy, wind energy, to brew their beer. Now, this is really interesting and part of Anheuser-Busch's big strategy. With Bud Light, you go out there, go against n common enemy number one, uh, corn syrup. You're socially conscious. You care. You see, subliminally, you're telling everyone, we wouldn't use corn syrup. Well, it's, it's, it's poison. And then with Budweiser, you tell the viewer, you tell the listener, you tell the drinker or the potential drinker, the prospective customer you hope to have, that your product uses wind energy to brew the beer. I did a little research on this. Turns out that there is a thing called the Budweiser Wind Farm at Thunder Ranch, 60,000-acre facility that produces 300 megawatts of electricity in Oklahoma. Now, I'm not an electrical engineer. I know my limitations. I'm an agricultural economist, business-minded guy with a, with a background in comedy, okay? I don't know how much 300 megawatts is comparatively. But I can tell you this. Budweiser's claims that all of their beers are brewed with wind energy is a bit misleading, verging on a disingenuous, because they have 12 breweries in the United States of America. Now, it's my understanding that all the electricity comes off the grid. Unless you self-power, meaning you have a windmill outside or a, a water wheel outside of your grist mill like we used to have 200 years ago, unless you do that, you're getting your electricity off the grid. And you can't say, hey, I only want those, uh, those pieces of electricity to come off that wire that are actually um, from wind energy. If it's not from wind energy, I don't want that electricity coming down the wire. Only, only wind energy can come down that wire. Because all producers of electricity make electricity, then put it on the grid. That's how this thing works. With that in mind, I did some numbers and some research. 30% of our electricity is generated by coal. 30% is generated by natural gas. 20% by nuclear energy. 6.3% of America's electricity comes from wind power. So I ask you, of the 12 breweries throughout the United States of America, uh, and, and by, owned by Budweiser and Anheuser-Busch InBev, are we really going to pretend that they have an extension cord going from that wind farm in Oklahoma to each of those 12 breweries so they're getting only wind energy? I think not. But again, brilliant advertising because now with spot number one and Bud Light, you told the world that you're not going to use corn syrup because it's bad, or that at least was implied. And it ties right into those cities that are banning soda pop. By the way, I forgot to tell you, change.org has a thing, change.org. It's a, it's a social cause group, if you will. Go to that website and type in ban the use of high fructose corn syrup and there's a petition. It's been going on for a while. So if you don't believe that there's a movement against corn syrup, trust my research and my sensibilities as an observing former comedian. When I see charts on the wall at doctor's offices and at gymnasiums, talking about the evils of corn syrup, I'm here to tell you that Bud Light didn't invent the, invent the anti-corn syrup movement, but it might have just popularized it. So Budweiser sells environmentalism. Remember, this is the same company that last year in the Super Bowl put an ad out there that said, 
we gave away water when there when hurricanes strike when natural when natural disasters strike we are there it was a very powerful spot because when you think about it if a hurricane just comes through if a tornado comes and wipes you out there you are in joplin you need water to drink budweiser anheuser-busch shows up with clean canned water remember they showed the guy going out and opening the door getting the truck out made you feel pretty good about those people down there's a bush. Now they're telling you, as they drive through the wheat field with the horses and the Dalmatian, that they're going to use renewable energy to brew their beer. They claim on their website that by the year 2025, six years from now, they claim that they will have all of their energy, all of their, I'm sorry, all of their breweries will be, and all their beer will be brewed through renewable energy in just six years. It's a very aggressive time frame. But again, they'll get credit even if they come close to it in the eyes of folks that believe environmentalism is that important. So that's where I'm going with this. Never think of yourself as a customer. Think about the fact that we have a big world of customers. And again, you may have been incensed as a corn farmer or the, the lady that sells uh, corn seed or the guy that runs the grain mill. But in general, the anti-corn syrup message is going to stick better for Bud Light than worse for Bud Light. And yeah, you know what they'll do? They'll schedule the meeting, as was announced on CNN with the National Corn Growers Association, and say, we didn't mean to offend you. We love America's farmers. We just believe that corn syrup has no place in beer. And how do you argue with that from the side of business? How do you argue with that from the side of agriculture? You're going to say, no, we think corn syrup should be in beer. Because that's not going to be a winning strategy for us. The average beer drinker doesn't think they want corn syrup in their beer. They want there to be natural things like wheat and barley and whatever it is. Anheuser-Busch had another spot that basically ties into the same theme of social consciousness. And it's the spot that they ran for Mick Ultra Pure Gold. I've never drank a Michelob Ultra Pure Gold, but I thought their spot was pretty impressive. Go on YouTube, you can just type in Mick Ultra Pure Gold Super Bowl commercial. It's one that I'm sure you didn't forget it, but you may have not seen that it all went together because it also sells a social conscious theme and something that's very popular. It sells environmentalism. Spot opens showing uh, beautiful scenes of outdoors, the ocean, mountains, rainforest, waterfalls. And then it focuses in on Zoe Kravitz sitting at a table with nothing but a microphone and a bottle of Mick Ultra Pure Gold. Michelob Ultra Pure Gold. And she starts whispering. And Zoe says, we're going to talk about something. And she takes her fingernails and clinks the bottle. I wish I had fingernails. You'd have heard me just clinking that beer bottle. And then she opens it and she whispers some more. So you're supposed to get this feeling that you're in the rainforest where things are beautiful and pure and natural, just like Michelob Ultra Pure Gold. It's even got pure in the name. And what are they selling? They're selling an organic beer. The spot actually ends by calling it beer in its natural form. Now, I'm not sure what that means. They were told me a long time ago as a beer drinker, beer in its natural form is the kind that comes out of a keg because it has not been pasteurized, nor has it seen the light of day because light is beer's natural enemy. And this Michelob Ultra Pure Gold is actually in a clear bottle, which wouldn't tell me it's pasteurized and in a clear bottle. That probably means that it's nowhere close to natural, but it doesn't matter. You just had Zoe Kravitz, Lenny Kravitz, the singer's daughter, telling you that it's natural and it's organic. It is USDA certified organic. They're saying, Damien, 
What's organic have to do with the wind have to do with Bud Light? It's all down the same road of, again, socially conscious marketing, telling the consumer you care about the environment, about obesity. Sub subliminally, you told the world you cared about obesity. That's why you won't use corn syrup. You care about diabetes. You care about nature. You care about the drinker getting something pure. You care about your customer not having a bunch of crap that's bad for them and the environment. That's what those three spots did as you analyze it. And go and look at them if you have time on some wintry day, and you'll see the overriding theme. Organic, wind, corn syrup, they all kind of a similar deal. Now, let me give you another couple of numbers that will help bring this together. A Pew, uh, a Pew Research uh, uh, survey done a couple of years ago found that 46% of Americans believe that climate change is a priority. 46%, less than half. But millennials, millennials, that's the kids that are right now about 37 and down to 22, okay? 87% of millennials are personally concerned about climate change. I have sat in sessions with demographers that have talked about the millennials and the post-millennials, if you will. They're the kids that are right now in high school and college. And they are really into socially conscious themes. They are into socially conscious buying. They purchase things if they believe the product they are buying makes the world a better place. Hence, Tom's shoes. You've heard me talk about that. Tom's shoes. Buy a pair, give a pair. You buy a pair of shoes, the company allegedly gives a pair to some poor person in a third world country. Okay, these are the themes that are going to impact business and agriculture moving forward. And where I'm going with this is, if you want to sell beer, Damian Mason already likes Coors Banquet. Damian Mason is probably not going to switch to Bud Light, nor Budweiser, nor Mick Ultra Pure Gold. I've had two of those three, obviously, at some point in my life, but I'm probably not going to make a substantial switch as a 49-year-old man. If you want the craft drinking, craft beer that is, drinker, who's 23, and they're going to switch off of craft beer because a lot of the research says that, okay, you don't drink that all the time. When you just want your basic 12-pack and you're going to be just standing in the backyard with your buddies, you want just a regular beer. Well, if you want to sell that to the average 26-year-old, why not use all of those methods we talked about? Explaining that you're not the reason that children are fat. You're not the reason for type 2 diabetes. You're not the reason that's putting, you're not putting corn syrup in your beer. You are using the wind to power your breweries because you care about the environment and you are going to give the customer something pure as was whispered by Zoe Kravitz. Because if you whisper in the forest, it not only makes a sound, it makes a thunderous sound and is apparently going to sell this product, Ultra Pure Gold. You see where I'm going with all this now? It's about finding the next generation and much of that advertising as much as you may not have liked it as a corn farmer and ag person, speaks to the next generation. I'm Damian Mason. This has been an episode where we talked about business, agriculture, and beer commercials. I wanted to put it all in perspective and give you some outside perspective because we in the industry of agriculture, as I oftentimes point out, talk to ourselves about ourselves too much. If we were a person, we'd be that crazy guy at the park, sitting on the park bench, muttering to himself. I'm talking to you, but I'm trying to give you some outside perspective. Harsh as it may be for us to hear, I wanted to give you some reasons as to why this advertising works because of other movements that are afoot, like the anti-corn syrup movement, the environmental movement, and the push for organic products. That's why Anheuser-Busch is advertising for those three 
spots anyway, made sense to me. I'm Damian Mason. Till next time, thank you very much. And a reminder, if you have a 2019 meeting or you want somebody who can talk in an entertaining fashion about business and agriculture, please give me a call. You can find me at DamianMason.com, at Damian P. Mason, my Twitter handle, Damian Mason Professional Speaker at Facebook, and Damian Mason on LinkedIn. Thanks a lot. Till next time.